here we go. Who the hell are you, man? Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. We are the knights! Uh-huh. Hold on to your butt. And now for something completely different. Hey, hello out there and welcome to the next Nerdtude Podcast, podcast for all things nerd. I'm your host tonight, Sean. I'm here on the Skype hotline with... This is the way, Sam. Welcome to the rock, John. I can't think. Damn, it's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything else. I was going to say this is the way. I'm sorry. All right. Well, so, yes. So we are here. Episode 200. Congrats, guys. We made it to 200. Yay. Yay. 214, but yeah, who's counting? <laughs> who's, yeah. <laughs> so it's it, if you count every special we've ever done, it's well over 200. I think we're at close to 250. But anyways. It's um, only fair because we, we don't actually get paid for the specials, so. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So based on some of uh, the, the intros tonight, uh, we have a few things. Uh, Mandalorian, the first episode of season two dropped. Uh, we've got, we're doing a, uh, a Mount Rushmore. So a list. Bring back the list, I guess. Um, of Sean Connery movies. We're going to do uh, the, with the Bly Manor. We're, we're going to finish up Bly Manor, uh, Chris and I, um, uh, and other things. Uh, so I starting off. of the Chicago 7. Yes. Did we say that? Or, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, actually, no, we didn't say that. So we'll also do yeah. that. That, that'll also be in this episode. It'll be one of the many bonus things. Anyways, we're... We are the most organized people right ever. Yeah. We are literally jumping right into Mandalorian. So if you have not watched it, where have you been? Why haven't you watched it? Why are you listening? We hate you. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. So jumping right in. So this picks up basically after season one. Mando is trying to find Baby Yoda's kind to bring yeah. him because that's what the armorer told him to do. Yeah, and so cast. now he's in search of other Mandalorians in order to have them help him find the child's kind. That These people like called Jedi, I think. Yeah. I'm pronouncing that correctly. It looks like that's going to be the standard overarching story arc for this season yeah which mm -hmm. you know we'll take it we'll take it the best thing about mandalorian is the individual episodes that just one episode one story and that's it right. and i think and that it, makes it kind of a great little it definitely continues the western kind of feel oh yeah you think <laughs> i well, think that's I mean, the like, understatement of the century right oh there. i know no but but like they could have strayed from that like easily but they're they're continuing with that style, which is really nice. It's one of the things that we've all praised about the season one. I just um, love how he spurs. <laughs> yeah, I just love that. Oh man, yeah. I mean, I think the I think the western thing as a you know TV show as like a weekly installment, it kind of works. Like the yeah. guys, you know, oh, yeah. solving problems from out of town, solving yeah. problems goes like, on. Why did they go away? 
Like, well, it became a medical show, to be honest, or uh, yeah. a cop show, really. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, do you think we'd have like one or two still around? You you would, although like it's, they're kind of expensive to make, like yeah, you can't I mean, horses and stuff. I guess I guess you could like technically, I don't know. Well, I mean, you could be like Longmere. Right. It's also slow. It's also slow. Because this was this was forty five minutes, I think, fifty minutes, and it felt like fifty minutes, you know, comparatively, because the other episodes were being in thirty twenty eight. Yeah, they were pretty. You know. I was very surprised when I looked at this and saw that it was, you know, fifty uh, fifty two minutes. I was yeah, like, yeah, I almost uh, forgot how long these episodes actually are, which it's usually, yeah. you know, thirty plus, not yeah. only thirty, but a little longer, because um, then it's like. You watch them and they're done the next second. It's it's crazy how quick they go. Um, this one though, you know, one one reason why maybe we don't have westerns a lot. Um, it feels like we've kind of seen this before. As much as I like to, as much as I like the episode, it didn't seem as new. Like you know, we're we're throwing a new element into it of like uh, you know Timothy Oliphant and like oh he's got Boba Fett's armor for some reason and like there's a lot of mystery and stuff around that is that it, people. was that definitively his yes yes hundred okay. percent oh yeah well i mean number one they don't mention it but number two it's well, only if you're truly a star wars fan you pick it, out it's that it was. with the jawas first of all so it was scavenged by the jawas yeah it was on Same Tatooine. Color scheme even has the um uh the mythosaur on the the pauldron it did. Okay. It has okay. Okay. sent in the center of the forehead. <laughs> it was he's so in, he's so in, and if you, I'm not I'm not like casting doubt. Like you knew it was. Yes. You knew right. it was, but it's to, just there was no significant saying this is you know right. Well, well they to, didn't. To be honest, though, and this is odd because it's not even a thing I noticed until I saw it on this episode. Well, not that I noticed, but the little antenna thing, which I think yeah. Sean mentioned. Like I saw that, I was like, oh, that's Boba Fett's armor. Because, yeah. like, you don't see any other the Mandalorians now. Yeah, Because that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, in the show, or rather in the movies, you know, the only Mandalorians you've ever seen are Boba Fett and Jango Fett. And I think their armor is, like, exactly the same for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, so then, now that you see there's, like, kind of differences or different possibilities, because they're all sort of doing a little bit of their own thing. Um, yeah, no, the second I saw that, I was like, oh, that's Boba Fett's armor. Which was, like, awesome. And I'm glad that's not something they, like brought out like right, right away in the first season or whatever yeah. but clearly like clearly like that was a, some like a, something that was planned all along because i mean i think you know you had that moment last season where like i don't know i guess is that supposed to be him sneaking up behind him or you know we had that uh what was it like episode six or whatever oh yeah 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 the where one they're on tattooing yeah. yeah i guess that's supposed to be him although it's not confirmed yet yeah, well, here's the thing, though. It, it's listed as Boba Fett on IMDb. Oh, is it now? Which, like, come on, guys. Wait, wait <laughs> from, from last season? Oh, oh, who was there last season? I don't know. Oh, I no, oh, yeah, know. yeah. On IMDb for this episode, yeah, Timura Morrison is labeled on as Boba oh, Fett. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, that, that's Boba end. Fett. Absolutely. Right. Which, huge spoiler. That was like the big, like, oh my god moment of this episode. Yeah, the only right. other person you can consider him actually being is Rex. But right. That's like. Which know, they haven't even a, seen. That's yeah. a moot point. Well, he so, could have been one of, the mil- one of the probably millions of clones they made. 
right. but well, it's not. At the end of Clone <laughs> yeah. Wars, the TV show, Rex runs away with Ahsoka Tono. Yeah, so we might see hype. that later. That would so, be awesome if you see both. Yeah, Boba Fett I, and I would not be surprised. Did they start making out? <laughs> I, no, I think they just... That was I loved I loved the Clone Wars. That final season was fair. Oh yeah. I agree. So good. Okay. After like I watched this episode, I just had like the biggest smile on my face because it's just all new Star Wars stuff that you just never even thought because you know I I've said this before. That's what I want in the movies. I want to go new places, I want to see new things. And then they well, come out with this crap. We go to Tatooine, so... No, but they come out with the dragon, and they come out with, like, a whole bunch of new speed, like, uh, like sand gliders or whatever the motorcycle-looking things are. And it's just that little antenna like, thing. I mean, that's, a, that's a radar to shoot a rocket? Okay, well, that's awesome. Really but, quick. So, I mean, Timothy Oliphant's character, I refer to as Mr. Easter Egg, because, obviously, he's wearing Boba Fett's armor, but on top of that, his speeder is Anakin's pod racer. Yeah. Is that definitely his? Definitely pod? Anakin's oh, pod def- racer. It, it definitely is. It, if it's not, then because I've played enough of the game. Right. Where I know he's the only one who has a pod racer that's yellow with the fins in the front. Oh, see, I didn't I didn't get that it was the same color scheme. I just thought oh, perhaps yeah. somebody, you know, co-opted a pod racer. And that oh, was no. just like a thing it's, people do. It's definitely Anakin's. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's definitely supposed to be I a mean, style. But it's the other thing, enough. I guess, the other thing, I guess, too, is that character is in like the expanded universe. Yes, he is. Which is kind of an interesting thing that they're the, you know the Marshall this stuff. In. Cobb Vanth, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, where, how do you where, like in the books and stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, none of that's not... canon anymore, I guess. So well, now it is. Now, yeah, exactly. Well, I now mean, just... it, it's odd when the the head says none of this stuff is canon anymore, and well, but... you can you can bring character back and kind of yeah. I think their was. Their I mean, yeah, they they have like incorporated expanded universe elements into the universe regularly. I just think they're like, hey, unless we say it is, it's it's not. But now that we say it is, it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Coruscant came from the books. And then, you know, Lucas used it when he made um, episode one. Right. But, um, you know, it's they're, they're just doing whatever. And, like, to be fair, too, I still feel like that's the best way of doing it, of, like, just being like, yeah, don't worry about the EU. Like, we'll t- like we're telling you what it is. Which, like, you know, how many cooks in the kitchen do you really want with this kind of thing? Yeah. Currently, I only want one, John Favreau. <laughs> well, yeah, Favreau, or more specifically, uh, Dave Filoni, who's the one who does this and Clone Wars, and right. I don't know. I I really hope he has like a bigger part of the movies because I think like he just fucking gets it. Like this, I I can't stress enough. And Chris, you, you talk exactly what you're mentioning earlier of like you just watch this and there's a smile on your face because it's just Star Wars. It's like unfiltered Star Wars. Like there's no ifs and or buts. There's nothing you need to really understand. It's just Go for it. You know, Tuscan Raiders, you've seen those guys. Remember those guys? Yeah. <laughs> Here they are. There's a whole new dimension to them. They drink weird stuff, you know? <laughs> There's Gamorrean guards in the beginning. Right. Yeah, that whole, like, fight, uh, the boxing or whatever they're doing. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's awesome. I love that. All right. So, I it wasn't until I pulled up the IMDb just, like, 
five minutes ago that I realized the Cyclops guy was John Leguizamo. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I thought I thought that voice was really familiar. I did too, but I, I yeah. Now that you mentioned, I was like, I'm like, yeah, that yeah. voice actually was familiar. I didn't like think about it at the time, but I'm like, yeah. oh. It, it, yeah, now it, I hear John like Rosano. It does help. I watched Ice Age the day before. Oh yeah, <laughs> with the kids. So, <laughs> so that, uh, John Leguizamo. Ice Age is the new thing with the kid right now. So John Leguizamo is oh, in nice. my head all the time. That's good. That's good. <laughs> well, not anymore. The guy's gone. The character. Well, gone. yeah. We don't know that. <laughs> no, he's we gone. We don't see him die. It's implied. This is not a uh, kids show either. No, it's a- an anyway. older. It's an older generation. <laughs> I, I know, because I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, maybe I could get my two year old into this. Nope, nope, nope. He just nope. took him out to dry. The dragon just ate the sand person. Uh, the dragon just spit acid all over everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I don't there think were we're I was this. watching, and I was like, wait, are they them disintegrate? Like, what's going on here? Oh yeah, this is adult Disney. Can, can I be honest though? Like, is it a kids show? Not really. Is it a show for adults? Not really. Not really. Is it kind of just a show for like thirteen-year-olds? Yeah. Do I have a problem with that? No, not really. Like, <laughs> that's always kind of been Star Wars's deal. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's not really for kids, but like once they get old enough, yeah. Yeah, and there's yeah. not, you know like a heck of a lot of complexity. Not that I really need it on the star Wars show. I mean, maybe that would be cool, but like, I'm not expecting it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's very, it's like a popcorn show and I love it. It's, it's, there's nothing else. I, I'm not excited. Like, and it's nice too, because there are like some of these shows where now it's like, you have to be fucking locked in and like cerebral about the prestige television and I don't want to say this is like a turn off your mind show, but it's pretty close to that. Like, mm. it's not like a lot to grasp and it's like a self-contained story and then it's done. And then we go on to the next thing. You don't need to really think about it. Right. it. Just It is what it is. And you just enjoy the material. It's a nice unwinding show. You know, you just well, sit back, just relax. And I don't just... know about you. My eyes are going all the time trying to find little Easter eggs. So right, that's... I know it's it's an unwind show. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. why I was I had to pause it halfway through because I got a little tired. Look, <laughs> I'm thinking too hard about this. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure um, I'm the only one of us who has this issue, but I definitely you know brushed off the cobwebs on my Disney Plus subscription when I went on to to watch this. Yeah, oh, yeah, not, yeah. Yeah, definitely, Sam. Uh, I, but... I had to re re log in. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, the horror! <laughs> yeah, right. um, I think last time I touched Disney Plus was Mulan. I think uh, yeah, it was about eight hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, I don't have work tomorrow, so in like two hours for me. Uh, I, I mean, am I thrilled that I'm paying a hundred bucks a year just to watch The Mandalorian? It's sixty nine dollars. No, you're right. You're right. No, it's not even. It's sixty nine bucks. Yeah, yeah. I could live with it. I could live with it. I got some other stuff on there I could watch. So yeah, it's also it's also it's the market for kids. Like, yeah. Right. I I for seventy bucks I'd pay a hundred if it was per year. I'd pay a hundred. Yeah, right I mean, now like, I'm at seventy. Once we start getting the uh, Marvel shows started, right? And there's gonna be like, okay. yeah, and let's not forget too. I don't know when it's gonna come out. I would guess 
probably second half of 2021 at this point. But we are going to get an Obi-Wan show, too. There will yeah. be another season of Mandalorian. Like, it will start to stack. You know? Yeah. How far do you think this thing goes? Mando? I don't know. Till Till they run out of, like, interest, I would assume? Probably until, like, maybe Pedro Pascal wants to go do something else. But I think he's getting paid. I mean, like, and I don't think this takes super long to film either like you know right. we've talked about it they don't you know the way they film this they're not like out in the, in the desert yeah at least not, not like on location it's in a room right yeah. and yeah. like on to be stage. honest i still can't you know even going in watching that having seen some of the documentaries now still looks so seamless like oh, you, yeah. could, you could have fooled me yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, just very interested to see what they do with even even some of the other shows because I think I think the Obi Wan show will probably be a lot of Tatooine, so well, maybe kind of has to be right. Maybe we'll get some more crate dragons in that one too. I was I, I was like to see the crate dragon. I thought we discussed the uh, I thought we discussed the Obi Wan show or where we think it would be better if they keep went like off world excursions, but always came back to well, Tatooine. He's always, you know, he's always watching over Luke, so. Yeah, yeah, but they, still, like, he'll be called... It could called... be the adventures of Obi-Wan and young Luke. Not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, John, you touched upon the great dragon. He sends a uh, private investigation right. service. Yeah. Um, Were you guys cool? Were you guys, uh, in- like, excited when you saw Dune for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, uh, when I saw the, like, when it was, like, rumbling, I was like, oh, a spaceship's coming? And then I saw the sand moving, I was like, no, that can't be a crate dragon. Like they, they wouldn't like do that. And then like it just swallows the bantha. I was like, that was that was a crate dragon. That was a greater crate dragon. Did you did you know that a crate dragon did that? Was like moving in the sand and stuff. I had no idea. Like I'd well, seen one. My only other exposure had been besides people just talking about it was you get to kill one in Knights of the Old Republic. Right. Yeah. Tour. Um, which that is not the greater crate. So there's two. Uh, all right. Do it. Nerd do it. Time. We're called Nerditude is in the fucking name. Go I know. All right. So there's two species of crate dragon. This was a great, the bigger species. We're, bad. we're talking dragon. about two species of dragon, dude. We're back to where we started. Woo! 200, <laughs> baby. 200. All right. I need another martini. <laughs> oh, man. Just go, man. So, it's so a wyvern, yes. man. It's a wyvern. This isn't a wyvern. This is a crate dragon. No, um, two species of crate dragon. Uh, the greater crate dragon is the bigger of the two and is also known as fur eating sarlax. Um, as for my so Star Wars zoology book that I've had since the prequel trilogy came out, um, but the one that you kill in Kotor is the other one. I can't remember what the name of it was what the uh the lesser crate dragons called but either way that's the one you kill in that one um but yeah i was so excited so the crate dragon i mean you see the the skeleton of one in a new hope when 3po is walking through the desert you see that it almost looks like a, a like a sauropod skeleton that's a crate dragon skeleton so that's the only time in the movies you see it um, so it was really cool to see one, like the, like, you know, the big one in action and that thing is massive. That's, I like, that's impressive to see. Like, I just like reading the book. I wasn't like, I didn't get a scope of how big they were. I mean, I knew they ate, ate Sarlaccs, 
but like to see it in action like that it was oh my god i loved every second of it oh man <laughs> it was pretty cool and i like too how because i you know am not exactly a uh Crate dragon biologist that uh, <laughs> my colleague here is but i like too that the crate dragon has its own you know version of spitting fire yeah the, the acid which is really cool um terrifying but really cool yes absolutely terrifying although i'll be honest with you i didn't think that part was actually like one of the stronger parts of the episode oh and like uh they attacked it yeah, the actual like showdown or whatever. I mean, it, it was interesting, but it's like I feel like I feel like part of the show is like the it's at its best when it's like all like atmosphere and like him like bullshitting to like the uh, the um, I don't know what Tuscan Raiders. No, well, yeah, that was funny. That was cool in its own way. But even like when he's returning and he's talking to the girl, the woman at like the landing pad. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Peli motto. It's Amy right. Sedaris. Right. Yeah. No, you're right though. It's all it's all about those little things. It's it's pretty much any time where you hear see him just standing interacting and you hear that like music. And that's <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Like that is the peak. And, it and comes I, get, throughout I the just whole get a episode. kick. I just get a kick whenever he's walking. I hear those jingle jangles. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just can't get over that. Man. Jingle jangle jingle. And I did I did love the um I forget which one of you picked it out in the trailer, but when uh, it's the like singing birds or whatever they're called. Oh, and Yoda. Uh, yeah. 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 The, <laughs> the child uh, closes its hatch. <laughs> now, now he's learning, you know, shit's about to go down. So let me hide. <laughs> he must be running out of those because they were the, the what's her face said it was wicked expensive to make, you know? Right. Costs a lot of credits. It really feels. Well, I don't little, know if his credits are Beskar. So. Well, it, it feels a lot of ways like it's 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 like a game almost. You know, like it's like it's an RPG, which, <laughs> to be honest, is is probably the way I've interacted with the Star Wars universe the most over the years. So um, <laughs> it definitely speaks to me a lot, especially going to Tatooine all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's been there. Culture. He's been there a lot now, right? Like this is like uh, the third or fourth twice time. now. Twice, yeah. Yeah, this is only a second time, which, um, by the way, going back to the uh, bio, um, so the town that he goes to um, is actually the first time you ever hear it, like, existing is in the Old Republic, the uh, MMO for Star Wars that Bioware made, which was, like, the, the third one in the trilogy or whatever of Knights of the Old Republic. Um, yeah, so it's mentioned in that when you go to Tatooine, which I thought was pretty cool. What do you guys think about this uh, buildup of, like, this Mandalorian is awesome? I love so it. He, he's building this kind of revenance because, like, he just took on a dragon. Yeah. cart dragon or whatever Crate. it is well Crate dragon it's just like he, he has this now he has he's building like this aura around yeah him. i mean what i what Ooh. i really liked about the first season was we didn't start that way right like, one he, of the first he, episodes he gets beat up by that uh that like mud horn mud horn yeah he doesn't he doesn't like kick its ass he just it kicks his ass right which all right 
This is weird. So in season one, did we ever see the Mandalorian use this the rifle to uh, for like electricity? Yes, I think you yeah. see it in the first episode. Yeah. Do you? I yeah. rewatched it. I think you do. All right, because that's a. Cl- I hate to say this. It's a yes. callback to the Star Wars Holiday Special when he uses it on that creature. When Boba Fett uses that gun on that creature. So when he does that to the crate dragon, it's such an amazing callback. I'm like, of course he would do that. Like, cause he can. And oh man. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good connection to make friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Should he refer to everyone as friend? Yeah. Friend, 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 friend. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about the holiday special. Do you guys want to talk about that real quick? Nope. 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 <laughs> One day we'll get Chris to watch the Star Wars holiday special. Watch all of it. I mean, the um, did you just watch the trailer for the the Lego Star Wars holiday special? Uh, I did. Yeah, I, I did it. Any any thoughts? I, I have not seen it. Uh, um, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, it it's like okay. I, I'm probably not going to watch it, but like I chuckled a few times during the trailer. Yeah, I'm just I'm disappointed that Life Day don't legitimize Life Day. Okay. They already did with episode one. No, with episode one or with well, episode um, one of the Mandalorian. Episode one. They mentioned it, but yes. like this is like making it an actual thing, right? Yeah, it is an actual thing. It's canon, according to Disney. The Star Wars holiday special is canon. Art Cardi is in the universe. Yes, he is. All right. Any any other? Um, <laughs> how um. How are we feeling about about Boba Fett? Love it, obviously. <laughs> um, I'm a little like, I'm on the love it side, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but like that's what what you would do. Yeah, yeah. Cur- yeah. Cur- currently, it's, I, oh, I want to. I want to. It's not a baby Yoda moment where you're just like, no. what? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm. I'm I, I love the fact that they're introducing him. Yes, but. I'm wondering if it's too soon. Yeah, it's. I don't know. To me, it's it's a little superfluous. Like I could, I I think there's a lot you could do with the show before you go down that lane. Even if it's like the like most obvious thing you could do, and frankly, the thing that people want to see. Yeah. But still, I feel like that's kind of a little bit of a crutch to to go. It. it I agree with you. And it, I don't want it to be too big of a crutch, you know? Like, I don't want it to be a four-episode thing. I want it to be maybe yeah. one, maybe two, and that's it. Just get rid of them. Yeah, this, you don't think they're going to be, uh, you don't think they're going to be, like, best friends or whatever? I hope, I hope not, because, like, I like the cast, you know, as it is now. I don't, there's already one Mandalorian that I'm just, like, hyping up right now in my mind. Who I think is awesome, and even then, Boba Fett. It, if you just look at just the first trilogy that he's actually in, like he's not really great. <laughs> he's just cool. He's not great. He's just cool. And oh, I mean, I'll, I'll be. I'll say this in front of Sean. He's just incredibly overrated as a character. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I, I I can see why you would think that, but you're wrong. But anyways, well, that's, uh... <laughs> that's, I mean, for a dude whose gamer tag is literally the guy's name. Um, uh, you know, I, I 
I don't. Yeah, right, John. I don't want it to be a crutch. Um, no. I like the fact that they're following his story, and you know, I like the shock trooper. I like. Uh, oh God, I forgot the other mercenary's name. Like the head mercenary. Um, oh, and then t- the Carl introduction Weathers? to Tim- Carl Weathers. Yeah, yeah, Carl Weathers, and then Tim Lee- <laughs> Timothy Oliphant. I like him. Yeah, it, like, um, for some reason I don't know why he's not in more stuff. Granted, he's in a Fargo right now. We'll talk about that probably yeah, next time. L- but l- why why isn't he in more stuff? I don't know because there's only so many shows with marshals on them. <laughs> like this is now the fucking fourth TV show he's been a marshal in. <laughs> <laughs> really? What's the, this one? Fargo, Deadwood, Justified. Deadwood, yeah. This and Fargo. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it is obnoxious. Why is he not rebooting Texas Walker Ranger? Uh, they are. No, why is he not? He's not a marshal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like and, Texas Ranger. Um, Sam. Yeah. Uh, why did you like the fact that Timothy Oliphant's character did not have the jingle jangles? I didn't notice that. Yeah, he does not because he's not a true Mandalorian. Yeah, the only Mandalorians wear spurs. <laughs> Which, um, so for Halloween, I dressed up as the Mandalorian in my costume and I carried around Baby Yoda with me. And uh, to reenact the jingle jangles, I took my keys and I have a clip on it and I just clipped them to my belt behind my cape. So as I walked, the, che- the keys would jingle. It was, it was pretty awesome. I, I do like that moment where this this show almost just went full western, where they're just like, "Okay, we're gonna do the gun, uh, the showdown here." Oh yeah, and, and then it got broken up by the uh, dragon. But I just I like it. Where it's just like, "Oh, so we're just doing this now." All right. <laughs> it was it was I, kind of funny too because the bartender is also the guy who's a bartender in Deadwood. So it was like. <laughs> It's just there's a lot of you know there's a lot of little like thought and stuff into this show that I just I I enjoy. Yeah. Side, sidebar is that black label? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. It's a black label kind of night. We're we're getting close, man. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Anyways. Anyway, um, anyway Mandalorian season two already started off strong. Very. Yeah. I don't think they have times, um, timestamps on the, the second season either. And you know what the show's great at? Every time it ends, I'm always like, but I want more. Yes. Yes. Right. yes. yes. I, re- I rewatched oh. the first season, too. I rewatched the first season probably four times already. It's only been out a year. Jeez. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good, it's a good quick no, it's show. Yeah. It's nothing. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't have to. It's 30 minutes per episode, usually. So. You're not so really. Episode two, they have a timestamp for episode three. They oh, they do have a timestamp. Let me let me skip ahead to the last episode. See if there's a timestamp. Uh, oh, they just say forty minutes. So, you see yeah. what the last two episode titles are? No, it just says two point seven, two point eight. Uh, do you want to know what they are? Or no, no, no. Okay. Is... Made a mistake and went on Wikipedia. There's going to be eight episodes, so this is going to take us to December 18th. So then I'm guessing WandaVision, it has to be like the week after, if not like yeah. that week, right? Mm. I wonder if they'll do it the week of, like after Christmas for, or they might do a Christmas day. Mm. Why not? Why not? It'd be, it'd be an interesting idea. I mean, we, we talked about that before. Do we, we don't, they never said any, how many episodes or anything like that, right? No. 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 All right. Well. We're, we're, we're very much into Mando. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about it and we've kind of been doing this, um, you know, 
one Kanon Classic, one regular episode. I think for at least the short term here, while Mando's back on week by week, we're we're gonna be at least doing some kind of update on Mando each week. So stay tuned, folks. We will be hitting this up some more. Um, do we want to do Bly Manor now? Sure, I'll hop into Bly. Okay. All right, so where we left off, so Chris had finished. I was, I believe, six episodes in. Um, I was up until the first time you really see the uh, the lady in the lake or lady of the water or whatever they call her. Um, right and, before the background episode. Yes. So you, Chris, you you told me like at that point it gets pretty like really good. Yeah. And I mean, for the most part, yeah, I agree. Like the show definitely takes off. It it starts explaining everything, but. There is a lot of um, different opinions about the the uh, the flashback episode or whatever you want to call it, the history of Bly Manor, and uh, and that character where it's all filmed in black and white and yeah, the, goes, the girl, so, the white face, the so, face. Yeah. So, Chris, I want to know what is your opinion on that episode? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Like, did it add stuff to that story? Like, I. I just curious. Um, I, I like that it. Uh, I like that you got the backdrop of the the house itself. Um, yeah. And I like how it explained how this person came to be. Mm-hmm. But the the thing was, my my I guess my biggest complaint was they didn't like they didn't show her enough in the beginning to make me care. Mm-hmm. Only, only because you saw the the blank faced lady once, and that was to kill, kill the dude, right? And it, it wasn't really much else that mm-hmm. showed the blank faced lady. You know, it, and if they showed her throughout the whole series, maybe I would have understood a little, not understood a little bit more, but I would have been a little bit more of, oh, so this is why they're explaining everything. Instead of they showed her once, they killed the dude, and was it her in the background of every shot? You know, it's one of right. those, like, you know how you see something in the background? Yeah. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of stuff in the background of these shots comparatively to to Hill House. So if they showed her a little bit clearer and a little bit more, I would have been, oh, that's even better that we got this whole backdrop. But since they did it and they don't see her that much, like, I like the episode itself, but it was almost unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, almost. But that's, yeah. that's what I thought about that one. All right. Uh after watching that episode, I, I'm trying to remember how long that episode was. Um, I think it was it was like close to an hour, I want to say. I think it was just shy of an hour. Just shy. Uh, so it's called, oh, uh, Romance of Certain Old Clothes. So that episode was 56 minutes long. That episode was easily 36 maybe 46 minutes longer than it should have been personally i feel like all the backstory with um with the woman what what was her name um i don't even remember what the lady in the lake's name was uh viola that's it um all that backstory like i feel like it, it i was supposed to care but it, the show never gave me a reason to care. It's because they didn't game. show her enough in the beginnings. Yeah, the like all of a sudden it's like, this is what episode eight. eight. You're yeah. eight out episodes in, and nine. you're finally doing a like a reasoning. Like, 
this is the history of the manor. I kind of wish, like, maybe after the second or third episode, we would have gotten a history of Bly Manor kind of thing. You know and I then want? maybe get into, like, why she's a blank, like, blank slate later in the show. You know what I'm wondering? Why not put this episode as episode one? I wouldn't because then it kind of takes the creep factor away. I would I would take this episode. You, you cut to, it off at a certain point, obviously. But Right. I, w- I just, would cut this episode in half, do the first half as like episode one, and then the second half further down the road. So at least you're introduced to the history of Bly Manor and what's going on. Yeah, and then later down the road, it's like, oh, this woman was the ghost. Yeah, you want to you want to put it that this lady died and she's trapped and she didn't, you know, do last rites or whatever. That's what they that's what they should have done. And you're right, maybe they should have cut it off and then started episode one, introducing uh, Danny and all the other characters and stuff. I think it would have worked a lot better. And I think they should have shown her throughout the rest of the series. Like yeah, they should have shown like her a lot almost more. Never saw her. I mean, no, you saw you saw, you saw a whole bunch of other ones. Yeah, you saw the soldiers, and you saw the the um, plague doctor, and you saw mm-hmm. the you know you saw that stuff. Yeah, the, you saw her sister up in the attic, which was kind of creepy. The few times that you saw her. Yeah, but even then, it's just. It was, yeah, like, I, I did not find this show to be as scary as, or creepy no, as um, Hill House, but I, I did enjoy the show. Um, did not understand the ending. So... You needed they, the ending to be explained? I, not that I needed it explained, it's like, I, with the, like, what happened to Danny? Like, Why? Like, none of that made sense to me. Well, the, the, the girl took her body over. She made a deal with her so she could be possessed. Right, right. but, like, so she she accepts her to come into her body to be possessed, but yeah. then she's not possessed. She's just, it, like, dormant, and they don't know how long she's dormant, which you never see that at all in any of the show of a spirit being dormant inside a body. Usually they take over immediately. Yeah. So why was Viola dormant for so long? And then no other uh, spirit could leave the property, but Viola could for some reason. And like... Well, she was just, the one who was keeping everybody in there according right, to that right. episode, that one but episode, like, you know? Why, why was there a property line for all the other spirits, but not for her? Well, she was the one keeping them in when she was... Right. They, they explained this when she was the one who was still doing right. the daily routine. She was in this bubble. And then once she got accepted into this thing, then that's when you actually saw all the ghosts right. dissipate. That's, that's the moment it happened. So well, they explained that. But why? Because she was the one keeping them in. And when she right. actually got a body to be in, you know, she wasn't protecting the bubble anymore. She was actually in the part. She was actually in Danny and clearly fighting for control. That's just, that's just an assumption that she was fighting for control. I, I, I I kind of agree that she was fighting for control, but at the same time, like the way that Danny like describes it, it just, it sounds like she's just dormant waiting for her time to come out. And that I felt like, that was odd to me. Like, I, I don't know how I feel. Like, it, it was kind of silly. And, like, I, I almost rather 
there been a better finish where Danny becomes Viola or, you know, but like then Danny fights back and that's when Danny dies rather than surviving for like seven years, seven plus years of being possessed, quote unquote, possessed by Viola. And like eventually she ends up committing suicide because she knows that, you know, Viola is coming out finally. Well, I mean, in the end, that's really what she did. But right. It's... Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like that that's how it ends up happening. But it was just like, why did it take so long for Viola to take control? Why didn't they like I feel like there should have been a bigger the, moment in that. But those are more those are more critiques on the episode and the writing itself. It's not a critique on the whole show. You don't get it. Yeah, because it, yeah. it really is the simplest of endings. It's nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's a simple ending. The thing that I don't get is why they went that route. Like, it's a very, like, strange ending that kind of, like, makes sense but doesn't at the same time. Like, you can ask more questions and there is no answer to them. Like, why didn't Danny get possessed to begin with? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. You know. I'm not, I'm not I'm not gonna harp on that though. No, it well I mean it's the ending, but I do like how at the very end of the show you had the narrator turns out to be um caretaker. The care yeah, the caretaker Groundskeeper, uh, whatever it is. Was it uh Jamie? It ended up being Jamie and she was basically telling a love story and that Bly Manor doesn't actually exist. She changed the name. And the uh, the girl Flora, that name was changed because the bride that you see in the beginning, her middle name is Flora. So obviously she's talking about her, but she changed all the names. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I enjoyed that, and then you know it, it was kind of like a, a happy ending, sort of depressing ending at the same time, where yeah, she leaves the door open a little bit for Danny just in case. And then was it Danny standing right behind her at the end, right? It's Holding. implied that her hand is on her shoulder. Yeah, right. so, but it was it was, like, it was like a nice and neat kind of ending. Yeah, no, it tied everything up, and you know, I the fact that the fact that it ended with her basically being like, it was a story, and I kind of changed everything around. So believe what you want, and believe you know, or don't believe in what you want. Like it doesn't matter because who knows? It could be true, could be false. Like by having that kind of an ending, you're like all the problems you had with it, you're like, eh, but it was just a story. Like maybe she forgot some information or something like, you know, a normal person telling a story. So it was, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I still like Hill House, you know, better because it was, it was yes. more scary and it was, it was a different kind of storytelling. Right. I think I, I, think. I liked it because I, I feel like at the end of the show, I cared more about, all the characters, all the, the kids and the parents in Hill House. Whereas in this one, I was just like, all right. Yeah, I'm still not going to deter them from doing any of this stuff again. No, I, wanna, I think, I I think these season. shows are great. I definitely want a third season because, I mean, you look at like other anthology shows. So two others, uh, horror anthology shows come to mind. One being The Terror, one being um, American Horror Story. And... American Horror Story has fallen off drastically for me. I don't care about the show anymore. And the terror really never had me. 
I've been trying, but it never really had me. So the fact that both these seasons have had me 100% committed is very impressive to me. And I want them to continue because, I mean, it's every two years it comes out. So two years from now, Halloween time, I got another season to look forward to. Yeah, these have to be Halloween. These have oh, to be yeah. around Halloween time. Right. And I'm I'm excited for that. I really yeah, I, am. I agree. I, I, kudos to, uh, oh, excuse me, kudos to um, the writing team and Mike Flanagan for doing this for Netflix. Yeah. So yeah, I, say, I say keep it up. I, I still oh, think yeah. that these are top-tier shows. I've, I've been very happy with Mike Flanagan lately. Yeah, this is, you know, this is a, uh, this is one of those, like, you know, Netflix just upped its prices again. So it's now, and Netflix is eighteen ninety nine for the premium or something like that. So, you know, it, it, Netflix is coming into the situation now where you got to be selective. Is it really worth it for the, this amount of month or in, you know, what is it? Uh, 240 bucks a year. You know, I think this is one of those shows where you can actually factor into, yeah, I'd pay a little bit for this. Yeah. Um, preferably it would be every year, but you know, I'd, I'd rather sacrifice a year to do proper storytelling than. Yeah, I agree. You know, American horror story at this point where they just kind of bang it out. I really, I feel like horror story is rushed at this point and yeah, I, it is. I'm not entertained by it anymore. I give it like three episodes and I'm like, and I'm bored. Yep. Like maybe here. it changes focus. I mean, last good season was Roanoke. Compared to the rest of the shows, that was kind of a fluke. Because yeah, the season true. prior was bad. And I would even say the seasons after were not good. So No, like, you're right. The election day one was awful. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that was, with the clowns, that was horrible. Um, but like I'm looking at um Mike Flanagan's uh repertoire, I guess you would say, as uh a, a as a writer and director, and uh yeah, I, I got to start paying more attention to him because, like, he did Oculus. Like, he did the short store, uh, like, the short film that became Oculus and then actually did the movie that's about the haunted mirror with Karen Gillum, um, which was actually surprisingly good. I enjoyed that. But, he, you know, he did Hill House, Bly Manor, and he did Dr. Sleep last year. Which and he I did Qu- really Quija. Sleep. He did yeah, Quija. He did Quija, Origin of Evil. Um which apparently is, which was the sequel or prequel to the first Quija, as you put it, um, which was apparently better than the first one. Mm-hmm. Quija, of course, being Ouija, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've been listening to the show for a while. Uh, Chris calls Ouija Quija for some reason. Um, it's just awful spelling. Uh, but, you know, but uh, I digress. I mean, this, this guy is. Like you almost have to take him for what it is because he he kind of grew up in Salem a little bit, yeah. And apparently his writing is influenced by some of that stuff. So, oh, yeah. and uh, I guess he's got a new show called Midnight Mass coming out eventually. Um, Supernatural so horror. Oh yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely going to check that out because you know I'm I'm very happy with uh, with what he's done so far. So. Anyways, moving on. Uh, what do you do? You guys want to talk to, about the movie now? Uh, yeah, we can we can talk a little bit. Um, so, starting to get Oscar movies here. 
Yeah. A very slow trickle, but um, it looks like they're, a lot of them are going to be on the streaming services now because, you know, obvious reasons. There's no movies, no movie theaters to release it into. Um, so, sort of the first thing to kick us off here was uh, Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, who previously had written such movies as The Social Network, A Few Good Men, um, The West Wing, the TV show, and uh, among others. And, you know, he has a very specific style where he writes these people who can talk like a mile a minute very eloquently, um, which is sort of like not how actual actually the world works like people just aren't you know super sharp and super brilliant on command all the time but it is its own thing i have a sort of relationship with him where i feel like you know drives me a little nuts but i love him at the end of the day it's kind of like a like a family member that gets on your nerves um and honestly this movie incredibly true to form just very much like the other ones, and uh, a pretty good cast. No, like big, big stars, really, so to speak, but like a lot of like great B plus kind of guys, like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jeremy Strong, um, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton fucking shows up for a hot minute there, um, sort of as a surprise. Uh, you get that English guy whose name escapes me at the moment, which is not great. Um, Anyway, what do, you, like, what do you mean? Uh, Mark Rylance is what I'm going for. The, oh. Who plays the, the main lawyer. Yeah, uh, yeah, Representing that's right. the seven. So, pretty much it's about, um, I guess, after the 1968 Democratic Convention in, in Chicago, in which they had, you know, no shortage of civil upheaval and riots, protests, whatever you want to call them. Got, got pretty... I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm stretching it to say got a little, got a little heated, got a little violent there, and I guess the Nixon administration coming in afterwards uh, tried to, you know, find some people to prosecute, and this is kind of the story about the trial of seven sort of leaders, or actually technically eight, of various movements who were all kind of in Chicago around that time, and uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting trial, and you know, it's it's. It's a sort of movie where you just kind of kind of have these like great personalities all together. Like it's not super cohesive, like what it's about, really. Like the ultimate message, I guess it's just like, hey, it's okay to like speak up. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't think it's his best stuff. Um, you know, Aaron Sorkin, who um, has now started directing stuff too with. Uh, uh, I don't know if any of you guys saw Molly's Game, which actually I would recommend as just like a, you know, decent kind of movie with Jessica Chastain. Is, in the, it. is that the underground like poker? Yeah, yeah, poker yeah. Mat, yeah. Yeah, it's on, I want to say, or was on Netflix for a bit. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a decent watch. You know, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff with him, I feel like, has a high floor. Not necessarily like a high ceiling all the time, but definitely a high floor of like, oh, this is a very watchable movie. Oh yeah, um, he, he has a bunch of rewatchable stuff. I think. Yeah, yeah, Chris, what, um, what, what, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I thought it was it was a it was a good mix of, you know, characters and stuff. And I thought that the, with with trials, you can always do do wrong by pacing. 
So with trial movies, you can always do wrong by pacing. And I think this one had a very good pace, particularly for a trial that was over 100 days. Right. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think it, they could have really screwed it up, but I think it was a great... It was a great pace to get through the movie. I was not checking my watch as I was watching this. You know, um, and, and, and I do find this with Aaron Sorkin movies, is that you really don't pay attention to timing. You really don't. And that's kind of the best thing about it. Um, because, you know, I think, I think his movies are almost similar into the vein, not the same style, but similar to the vein of uh, Scorsese. Whereas a Scorsese movie is literally a chore for me to get through. Um, but for some reason with this guy, it, it just isn't. And you know, I, I think the combination of actors in this really did play off each other well, particularly the um, the interactions between Sasha Baron Cohen and um, the guy who played uh, uh, Tom Hayden. Like, I think their love-loss or love-hate relationship was played off really well. I think I think the all-star of this was the, the lawyer, um, the defense lawyer. It just... Yeah, Mark Rylance, who uh, Bridge of Spies and Dunkirk and some other stuff. He's yeah. like a good kind of character actor sort of thing. Yeah, he's a good character. He knows how to be hidden within a scene, but he also knows how to step up and take the scene. And I think that's a good quality for for this. But again, this is all based on history, too, in a way. So probably probably with a little bit of hollywood flair but <laughs> yeah i mean there's there's unfortunately there's more than a little hollywood flair with this um, cuz I, I i sort of i didn't initially try to seek this out but then i saw somebody mention it and some of the sort of like oh what actually happened and there's a lot of stuff that's in there for dramatic effect as you would as you probably any any know. major standouts that you know um not really i mean like the judge was a prick and just as bad. Yeah. Um, which I think is like an important thing, but there was stuff of like, you know, the female FBI agent wasn't really like as, I don't know if that was really a thing. Like they had people infiltrating the, um, the various groups, but that necessarily wasn't a thing. Also funny that, cause I've, I've been watching, um, the West wing. Uh, I've been kind of binging that cause it's a great, it's a decent, like on the background kind of show. Yeah. Um, mm. And he uses this that same joke of like, like one egg in French is enough, as in like you know is it is enough. Yeah. Um, and he used that in the West Wing, and I'm trying to figure out because that's another thing he's like hilariously like her, like bad about is like reusing like very specific lines in like various movies and TV shows. Like it's not like you know he, he has the same kind of like plot construction or scene construction like no like he has these like very specific like anecdotes or like line for line like phrases that he'll use in like various like movies and um which i mean you know fuck it you, you do enough you i guess you're entitled in some way but it is funny when it's recycled because like i heard that and i was like wait did they just say that in the episode before it's like oh no it's on the movie that was made 15 years after this show takes place <laughs> Um, I, I, I wholeheartedly think that Aaron Sorkin in his free time will watch his own stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, he is, he gets high in his own supply, like for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but no, no. I mean, look, I, like I said, I mean, I, I like the stuff he does. It's just like, there's a certain limit to it, you know, like it's, it's, um, 
it's like these people just aren't real, you know? Like, like I'm watching the West Ring right now, and it's like everybody's a fucking genius. Like, the president is like, <laughs> like literally, I just, I just watched this episode where the president is at a debate, like a presidential debate, and he's like, is the, is the temperature okay for you? And he's like, well, you know, it's, it's 60 degrees right now, but there's going to be 250 people in this room, so that will raise the temperature by 5 degrees. And I'm like, <laughs> nobody! Nobody fucking thinks like that. Like, the guy's supposed to be, like, an economist. Like, I just, I don't know. That sort of shit just, like, it bothers me, but I keep watching. I hate watch. And, you know, like, I, I hate watch a little bit of the, the, the newsroom. That one's bad because it's, like, him doing, like, a, you know, hindsight is 2020 version on, like, history of recent history. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if if you watched any of that. I did watch. I watched all the newsroom. Yeah, you, you saw all of it. Yeah, that one to me was like a little much because like then he's like reinventing stuff of like people like reacting like Bin Laden getting shot and it's like, okay, nobody was like that. Like, come on. Yeah, it, it, I I can't imagine the news, the newsroom being, or the true news people like really being that stand up. You know, right. like that stand up go to type of person. So, um. No, but I, I think this movie. I'm glad this movie came out, and, and I'm I'm a little bit disappointed because I I would like to have seen how this would have done in theaters, because it is it is a movie that really does cater to a whole bunch of demographics, um, and it's and it's a solid movie to get through. The pacing's good. Like you know, it's not an art house movie. You know, it's Oscar bait, but it doesn't really come off that way. It's it's very watchable. It's yeah. not you know it's it's there, not fences. A certain, it doesn't it's feel like fences. right. It doesn't feel like you're eating your vegetables. You know, yeah. Which is all I can come back to is the fences movie because that's really the most shoehorned in Oscar movie I've ever heard of. So it's did you did you watch that? I watched like five minutes and I turned it off. Okay. I couldn't I couldn't do it. And it, I don't want to say that because usually I'll give movies a shot, but I just. Just everything about that marketing was just annoying to me. Um, did you was, um? Did you think the accents were um? <laughs> like like okay, so you've got like Eddie Redmayne. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Like none of the accents really work in this movie for whatever reason. Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen. Where where is he supposed to be from? I think he's supposed to be doing like a Brooklyn Jewish accent because he's supposed to be Abby Hoffman. Yeah, is that what it was? Because it really came off a lot of Boston. It yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. So his was weird. Rylance, I don't think was too bad. <laughs> Jeremy Strong, like I don't know how. Um, fuck, I can't think of the guy's name. I was gonna say Jerry Garcia. That's not what the guy's name is. It's like Jerry Rubin or whatever. Um, I don't know how that guy actually sounds. I'm sure he sounds like that because he does like a weird. Um, sort of accent like Sasha Baron Cohen's like friend sort of in this whole thing. The guy with like the weird Afro. Yeah. Um, I guess then becomes like a stockbroker and like, yeah, that was, that was a <laughs> interesting. Like gets hit by a car and dies. And I don't know that, 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 that just sounds like he has an interesting history, but I guess the, the one thing that like was kind of weird about this movie for me, did the ending to you like pay off? Like, did that feel like, I don't know, like worth it? Like what? I don't know what this movie's really trying to say. See, this is this is the problem with courtroom stuff. It it ends in a in a weird it ends in like a weird position where you know you should feel good about it and yeah, it's all well and good, but like 
that wasn't my high for the movie. Yeah. Like my high for the movie was 20 minutes before or right. You know, it was, it feels, it feels in some respects, anticlimactic. Like it's almost like the post, the post at the end of the post, like you should feel good, but it's like, you know, aside from the heavy, but it's like, okay. Yeah. Heavy handedness aside of like all the other stuff at the end of the movie we talked about, it's like, that wasn't my excitement for the, the movie my climax was before when they were like writing a story together and right you know probably deciding to you know publish it and all this other stuff but have you chris have you have you seen a few good men with uh tom cruise and jack nicholson and <sighs> a long time ago i don't remember yeah. half that Cause movie. that's because that's a courtroom movie and that has a payoff it's not a real event so yeah like, you know it's... you're making it a hollywood thing so like it can work but you're, you're you're right though with the courtroom movies, like you know they don't. It's like necessarily um, work. rules of engagement. Yeah, rules of engagement. It's the same thing with. Like, is that it, a rom com? No, rules of engagement is the uh, Tommy Lee Jones and um, Samuel L. Jackson movie where. Oh, I've never seen that one. Samuel L. Jackson's the colonel who goes to take the ambassador away, and he's getting fired at. So he shoots into the crowd of supposed unarmed people, you know, thing, it, it, but they try and like liven it up by showing clips of what happened throughout the whole movie. But in the end, it's still a courtroom movie. And it, like, you're just kind of at the end of the movie, you're just kind of, yeah, okay. But I liked it before. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the courtroom, I mean, by itself, it's like a boxing movie, you know, it's, 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 it's intrinsic. There's a matchup. There's a, you know, clash of, two different like sides like you know it's sort of like cheating in a way yeah <laughs> like it's it's automatic there's a conflict there um and yeah i just feel like this is just a movie where it's just you know the the sum or the the whole is less than the sum of its parts you know like there's there's a lot of good actors a lot of character actors like it's got like john carroll lynch who always seems to be like really good and shit who's the guy who's like kind of the the pacifist like um oh i can't think of the name uh you know like like he he opted out of the war sort of thing or and actually it was one war oh too. tom hayden the character's name was tom hayden but the actor's name is uh oh god uh edward redman eddie oh, redman. eddie eddie redman yeah. yeah who like has done some i'm not a big eddie redman guy i'm just gonna neither be honest am I. neither am He's, i um yeah did he fuck up the uh he was he's fantastic those, beast. Yeah, he's in the and beast. He was in the astronauts or whatever it is, aeronauts. Or something Did you watch that one? No, I. You know what? I thought I wanted to, but every time I laid, like hovered over it, I didn't click it. Okay, Chris, I was kind of in the same boat with that movie. Because like, you've got same, this could be same. interesting, and then I was like, yeah, but I hear like absolutely nothing about this yeah, movie. Right? Right. Yeah, it came out with uh award season two years ago i think it was last year it might have been was last, last year, year? it's it like last, last, last year right around this time yeah and like yeah. it got no like it got decent reviews but it got no oscar buzz yeah no there's a certain kind of award season movie that like gets hyped up in like august when like the trailer hits and then once the movie comes out it just falls totally flat and yeah. that's that's kind of what that one is and i i don't you know I don't know if this one would be two if it actually came out in a normal year, because to me, this is like a B kind of movie. This isn't, you know, I don't know what best picture is going to look like based on, you know, what even comes out this year. 
this yeah. could be a best picture nominee. I don't, I don't know what's going to be ahead of it at the moment. Um, but you know, this is like Sorkin just kind of playing the hits, but not doing anything that's like, you know, um, you know, transcendent. Like this isn't like the social network or even like a money bulk or, you know, a few good men kind of thing. This is like, just, just him kind of going for it, doing his thing. But yeah. it's, it's okay. It's a, it's a watchable movie. I mean, like, I, I don't want to talk about it too bad. Do you, do you want to give it a rating? Yeah, let's give it a rating. All right. I'm going to go with an 8.6. I'm going to go with 8.6. Ooh. I'm going to yeah. say... Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 8.2. All yeah, right, so you're I'm, both giving it a B. Give it a B. It does, you know what? It, it deserves a B. There was nothing really, there was no flaws with it that I knew of. No, not really. Um, There's nothing I can really hang my hat on and say, you know, this was great or, you know, this was bad. So, in my eyes, that's a decent movie. Will this get not like buzz for a nomination? Yeah, sure. But that's only because there's not a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> Right. Give you an idea. Um, you guys both rated it higher than critics and fans on IMDb. What was what was the Metacritic? Seventy-six. Seventy-six. Yeah. yeah. Seventy-nine lower. on IMDb, which is surprising. Usually the uh, the the fan score is around, if not lower, than the meta score. So kind of surprised that it's three points higher. Anyway, um, well. Lastly, unfortunately, this week, um, we don't like to talk about, you know, celebrity passings and stuff like that, but we did feel like we did have to kind of honor a little bit um, a great, a great actor or just a great movie star. I'm not sure. Well, but let's start with this. He is the reason I have my name. Okay. I was named after Sean Connery. That's, that's good enough for us. So, mm. so this so is be- a, this is like a personal loss in a way. Um, <laughs> 90 years old guy. He, he, he did. Okay. I mean, he's been, he's been, um, sort of out of the games, <laughs> man. It's like him and Gene Hackman. Like he last yeah. movie Sean Connery makes is, is league of extraordinary gentlemen. Last movie Gene Hackman makes is welcome to Mooseport with Ray Romano. <laughs> um, yeah, but Hey man, you know, whatever. Um, Sean Connery passed away. We thought we'd do a little bit of a Mount Rushmore list, whatever you want to call it. Our top four Sean Connery performances. Now, I think we didn't really talk about it, but what are we going to just limit it to one James Bond movie? That's yeah. what I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who, who yeah. wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Why not? All right. All right. I actually didn't have a hard time picking only one Bond movie. Um, but these aren't necessarily his best performances, but these are some of the, like my favorite of his. Uh, but I went with, for my Bond movie, Goldfinger. I mean, that's just a great one. It's, mm. a, it's a tough one to like say, no, that's a bad choice for a Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. And like, to be honest, some of his movies... He's the only good part of them. <laughs> like, yes, more yeah. than you would think. Yeah, and Goldfinger is not one of them, but he's still great in that. Amazing dub job. <laughs> yes, because the guy doesn't speak any English. Greatest dub job of all time. Goldfinger could not speak English. Um, 
next one. He's not actually in this movie that much. But he's really? Great he's great in it. I love the story behind why he's in it. Time Bandits. Oh, shit. Time Bandits? Wow. He's, he's in it for a short time, but if you don't know the story behind it, the script originally was uh, he plays was it Agamemnon in it. Yeah. And the script originally said Agamemnon removes his helmet and someone who looks like Sean Connery comes <laughs> out of it. And then the script got to Sean Connery and he went, I'll do this movie. <laughs> but that's that, uh, that's uh, kind of like one of those hidden classics. But also he's just great in that. He's very short amount of time. But then he kind of shows up at the end as the firefighter and gives the kid a wink. But uh, next one, Untouchables. I mean, he's solid in that. I mean, I know he's supposed to be an Irishman. That just he doesn't do good with accents. <laughs> you think he's got one accent and he goes with that? Yeah, just sticks with the accent. But it's that's just one of those great crime movies. All, all I can think of is Hunt for Red October. It's just whose accent was worse, Sean O'Connery being a Russian or? Uh... Oh, who's the lieutenant? Uh, God, Stan Jurassic Neal? Park. Yeah. Really? <laughs> you think he's bad in that? In, in his accent? Yeah. Yeah, his accent's not great. It's no, it's no Sean Connery, but... Right. Funny, well, I mean... Funny enough, my fourth movie is actually Hunt for the Red October. Is he really? God damn As bad as his, his accent is, that movie's good enough to make up for it. Let them sing. <laughs> I fucking... That is one of my favorite movies of all time. And, like, he is just fucking on one in Hunt for Red October. Like, you're, you're right, Sam. He's doing a Scottish accent. He's not doing any accent other than his own. <laughs> yeah. And it fucking still works. Yeah. You know, you know what, too? Because, like, he's also like, oh, he's Lithuanian. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, maybe Lithuanian sounds Scottish to a Russian. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, like... It's just that's just a fun, just enjoyable movie. I can, I, I, I could watch and do like all the lines for the sub for the attack scene at the end. Like so, like oh my god, we're I'm 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 very excited when we do the Jack Ryan verse podcast. Yeah, we're we're getting ready for that one. That's probably going to be in a month or two. But okay. uh, I'm getting the books read, so I'm rereading the book. Oh, nice. Maybe maybe I'll read some of them. I'm already Humphrey Red October. I'm already I'm already halfway through that one. It's great too in that movie because like Baldwin does a uh, like a Sean Connery impression, and it's like I mean he's doing it like exactly like it's a Scottish accent, which it is. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like clearly like you know Alec Baldwin's just doing his Sean Connery impression. It's not like he's doing an impression of the captain of the sub. You know, like it's its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's my list alright um, I'll go next because uh, half of mine is the same I went with Goldfinger for my Bond choice it's a, I'm not a huge Bond fan but it's probably my favorite Bond movie hands down um, I also went with Time Bandits yeah I mean it's, it's one of those like it's a hidden classic oh yeah it's just really, really fun and enjoyable. It's like Monty Python, but like weirder. <laughs> yeah. 
which makes it better, I guess. Um, no, it, it's a, it's a he's, he's barely in that movie, but he's the best part of it. Oh yeah. No, I, yeah. That, and like you said, with the, the whole thing about the script being like, and then a Sean Connery like person is under it. It's like, and he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, anyways, uh, my next movie, um, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Uh, yeah. we, we've talked about that movie on the podcast as one of our classics. It's a great Sean Connery movie. He's only he shows up halfway through it and definitely kind of steals the show. Um, we named the dog. It was the dog. Um, and then my last one, which is super controversial, but I don't give a damn. I'm going with it. It's the League of Motherfucking Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> Go I, off, King. I absolutely like i saw that movie in theaters and everybody's like trashed it i was like it wasn't that bad and like it's, i'll go back and rewatch it it's like kind of an insane just like yeah fuck it like yeah. you know yeah it don't go like it's 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 definitely turn off your brain kind of thing but like oh fuck easily it, why not yeah that it, movie that movie somehow is both just like an amazing concept and one of the dumbest concepts you could come yes. up with I guess the thing is, is he had like previously passed on like Lord of the Rings and I want to say X-Men or something like that or something else. Maybe Star Wars. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Star Wars. No, um, it it was something he passed on Lord of the Rings and something else. Then he was like, "Okay, this will be my IP movie. Yes, yes, (laughs) did not work. That would be a decent con on classic, to be honest. Like a, a contra classic. Yeah, no, I'd I'd be willing to uh talk about that movie next. Um yeah, but love that movie. Like I it, I I'll go back and rewatch parts of it and I'm just like, this is just a fun movie. It's just so so stupid, it's just fun. It is, and it's got like a decent, you know, mythos behind it, like the world building. Like, yeah, yeah. I can kind of buy this. Yeah, like you got the Invisible Man, you got Doctor Jekyll, you had Captain Nemo. Like, yeah, if you're unfamiliar with the concept, it's basically the Avengers, but for all like um, Jules Verne, Jules Verne, and Orson Welles. Not Orson Welles. Um, what's the other guy? Uh, something Welles. H.G. 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 That's it. H.G. Wells. It's just both their books. And they just made the Avengers out of it. And you know what? It worked. It was before like, the Avengers. I mean. Like, honestly, it worked. Like, it merged kind of seamlessly, which was kind of impressive that they were able to do that. Yeah, was it, it, isn't um, Huck Finn one of them, too? Right. It's kind of the, you know, universal. It's kind of the Uku before the Uku. Right. <laughs> before the Uku died. Right. <laughs> Was that your fourth movie, Sean? Yes, that was my fourth movie. Yeah, Goldfinger, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the La- Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and Time Bandits are my four. Gotcha. Well, I guess I can go. Um, so I, I got a couple that we sort of already talked about. Um, I'm going to say Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade for me. Just because like, I've, I've liked him as a father figure. Because I don't think you really see him as one really that much. Yeah, yeah, you don't really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it's a much softer Sean Connery in that. You don't you don't right. usually get him like playing a nerd. Yeah, and he's not like, but it still kind of, but it still worked. Yeah, you know? it was. Yeah. It, it's funny how much it came off, and like, I, there's still a part of me that's like, ooh, it's just funny that it's James Bond and you know Indiana Jones because they're sort of like the same thing in some ways. Um, <laughs> Anyway, then I've got Hunt for Red October, which we've already talked about enough. Um, <laughs> we will but, be talking about much later. Right. I mean, I could go like three hours on that movie, but um, he's just, again, like him just being like, fuck it. I'm just doing a Scottish accent. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like everybody else on that um, the sub is doing Russian accents. Yeah. Right. Do- it's Russian. Right. Pretty much. When like, people like, watch this movie, who do they, what do they think they're going to hear? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the movie could have made the choice of we're just not going to have him do accents. We're right. just being like, this is just translated into English. They could have done that, but they didn't. <laughs> Let them sing. All right. Um, then I'm going to go with a callback to my intro. I'm going to go with The Rock. Mm-hmm. Because I like like old action movie Sean Connery. Like, it's definitely him kind of phoning it in, but, like, fuck, it really works. Like, that's that's a good Michael Bay movie. It's really him phoning it in. It's not kind of. It's He's he's there. It is, but, you know. But it, you're right, though. It comes off. But it, it's not, fine. yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't, you know, you don't, you still don't, like, see the seams, though. Like, it's him, like, showing up and, like, oh, man, I, I forget just Google it. There was a good like uh, anecdote about like Sean Connery, uh, <laughs> like on the rock set, like bitching out Michael Bay when he gave him like notes on how to like, he was like, go blow up a bridge or something like that. Um, well, there, uh, news actually just recently came out after his passing that I guess Sean Connery bitched out uh, Disney ex- executives to basically save the movie. The rock. Like, to- yeah, to give Michael oh, Bay more money. Oh yeah, because it was Miramax. So, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. The Rock. I mean, The Rock could be a Conan classic. Who knows? Well, we'll see. Probably not, but it could be. <laughs> um, then my last one. You know, I think it's tough on the Sean Connery ones to pick like a definitive best performance. <laughs> Like, I don't think, I think it's probably, like, a little just subjective. Like, I think Goldfinger's good. Thunderball seems to, in my mind, like, stick out. I'm going to go with From Russia with Love. You know, that's a bit underrated for, as a Bond movie. I think it's, like, the first, like, I don't know, Dr. No never really works totally for me. No. But from no. Russia with Love maybe isn't, like, the best Bond movie, but in some ways is, like, the perfect one. If that makes sense, yeah, like, it's, it's. I've always the way I, I look at that. That's the real first Bond movie. Yeah, like it's it's, it's the model home of like Bond movies. Yeah, it's like not. There's just something off about Doctor No. Yeah, maybe it's because like they wanted Doctor No to be a monkey at one point. <laughs> um, Who, who's the villain in uh, From Russia with Love? Well, Robert Shaw is like a bad guy. Is there any, isn't it just like the Soviet Union, really? Like, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, uh, what's it, uh, Spectre in that one. Yeah. Well. Oh, okay, so it's just Spectre? Because they're, 
they're trying. Uh, well, I haven't seen that in a while. Smirsh or whatever. Yeah, it, it, it's got that. It's got that lady who's in a couple of them. Yeah, it, like, like the, the whole plot to it is like they, the Bond girl is set up as like by them to be a pretend Russian um, defector, right? Trying to yeah. like draw out Bond and kill him. I still think it's got the best, um, the best theme of any of them. The one where it's like, well, I don't want to do it, but it, well, fuck it. Where it's like, ba da 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 da. Like to me, that's like like the theme song is classic, but like Bond I love themes I love that with theme. John. <laughs> like, John sings Lovecraft. the Bond themes acapella. <laughs> I'm gonna go do uh, "Live and Let Die" at the end of the podcast. So. Right, for those of you who note, the black label is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Chris, do you do you have a do you have a uh, Mount Rushmore for? Uh, let's 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 phrase this question to you guys. How much? How many Sean Connery movies do you think I've actually seen? Five. You can count them on one hand. Wow. So, the Last Crusade. So I don't know. I don't know if I've. Like, if I just simply missed it, because he's, like, a 70s, 80s actor, and even the 90s. Like, he but, wasn't really doing a lot in the new millennia. Um, and, like, I don't like James Bond movies at all. And I've, I've watched five of them, of 25, or 24, because the 25th one's not out yet. So I'm going to give you my my James Bond movie first, uh, GoldenEye. Why? Because they're all the same James Bond. So Except Sean Connery is just in cool. in that, uh, It doesn't matter. That's my he's, that's my Mount Rushmore. Okay, all right. Hey, it's it's his list. Chris, Chris <laughs> is the only one who can control his list. So. I okay. really I really struggled to fill in this list here. Have you seen a Sean Connery James Bond movie? No. Okay. Um, I would recommend you check one out. Either Goldfinger or like Rush from Russia with Love. But yeah. I've, I've seen them on TV. Like TCM's had them on. It's just I've skipped right over it. So it's I it's I not a I'm not a fan me. of these movies. I would recommend Goldfinger. Yeah, um, maybe at some it's point. A but good, it's a good. It's a good. I can I almost like, guarantee you. I like with, with James Bond. You don't need to see all twenty five, but there's some like actually like decent watches like in there. No, I've seen I've seen the Pierce Brosnan ones. I've seen all of those, and those yeah. are outside like, of they're outside not good of the, at the first end. one. They're not yeah, that. They're good. not good at. Yeah, the they're not good. And I think I've seen Gold one of good, the but... Daniel Craig ones. So Daniel Craig ones are hit or miss. Like it's either like a home run or it sucks. <laughs> I forget which one I watched. The one in the casino. I'm assuming that's Casino Royale. Yeah, casino Royale. That, yeah. that's one of the good ones. Yeah, um, that wasn't that wasn't bad. But and, you know, but it, I think the best would probably be um, what's it? Uh, Skyfall. Skyfall. I would totally really just good. as like Wait, is that person... the, is that the one where they go into the house? Like yeah. it's his old childhood home. Like, 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 okay, I did see that. I did see that one. I hated that movie. You hated that one? <laughs> like, I thought the villain was awful. You know, I'll be honest with you. I I rewatched Skyfall lately. I'm just not a big fan. I don't I don't understand the allure of like why it's so highly ranked. Yeah, I like that one. I just, I, it's I don't know. James Bond isn't my. Uh, I would. I, it's just not my thing. Do Do yourself a favor though. Watch one of the like Sean Connery ones. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll see if next Just time. Because because those are the like to 
probably like pound for pound the best ones. Okay. Um, all right. Continuing off the list, it's I got the Untouchables, which we've already yep. talked about. Uh, last Crusade, which we've talked about. Yep. And then the last one is Finding Forrester. Um, wow. I like that one. I don't know why. It was just like this nice little story. It wasn't anything blockbustery at all. It was just nice. And then I, you know, because he passed, and I like to think at the end of this movie, he knows he, like, he essentially knows he's going to die. So all the, the last scene you see is a guy who hasn't been outside of his house in the last 15 years just riding his, like, 1940s bicycle away. And, you know, that's just what I think of Sean Connery. He's just riding away right now. So, well, I mean, it's just, it, you know, he struggled with dementia and stuff like that. So, that's right. it. Shitty way to go. So, Chris, because you're saying you, you've barely seen any Sean Connery movies, I'm going to throw out a couple, see if you've seen them. Uh, mm-hmm. The Longest Day. Yeah, right. I saw he's apparently in that. Well, he's, is so he... he's, in, he's in both of He's like one of, I think, what, one of two actors in both of those, the Cornelius Ryan movies, The Longest Day and A Bridge Too Far. Yeah, was that was the of, other one. I've I was going to. Oh, that's right. He is in Bridge Too Far. I was going to lean towards Bridge Too Far, but he's like not. Is he like top three memorable parts of that movie? I don't no. think so. No, no. he's no. not. Yeah, same same Sam, with the Sam, same Sam with the Longest Day. Well, see, yeah. I remember him in in the Longest Day. A hundred percent, I remember him because like it that I mean it's got John Wayne in it, but like I remember like they focus on Sean Connery a lot, and that that was before well, Bond days, right? You, you yeah. say that, but he's in it for like two oh, minutes. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a few those, minutes. Those conglomerate movies of massive acting casts, you know, those are hard to really yeah. say it's a Sean Connery movie, you know? And, right. and honestly, I, I used to find those two like on similar footing because they're very similar. Longest Day and uh, Bridge Too Far. Bridge Too Far is like so much better. Like Longest yeah. Day, if mm-hmm. you, I don't, like I... I, you know, watched it a lot when I was a kid, like into war movies. Watching it, it's like not that good. Yeah, it, like Bridge Too Far has a story to it. Yeah. Where Longest Day is just stuff happens. Longest, I mean, Longest Day has some cool stuff of like they actually did this, like those scenes yeah. when they're strafing the beaches. Mm. But like Bridge Too Far, you're right, Sam. Bridge Too Far is like actually sort of a real movie. Whereas, yeah. like, Longest Day is, like, a bunch of, like, sketches, pretty much. Like, you, you could, like, if you made a movie out of all, like, the little sketches, like, if you just zeroed in on one of those stories and, like, somehow made a movie out of it, okay, maybe those are good. But, like, there's just too much going on. And right. none of it feels connected. And it's, you know, the action stuff isn't just isn't as good either as, like, the mm. Longest Day stuff once you get to, you know... Like it's just it's just not as convincing. Like Pegasus Bridge versus, you know, the scene when fucking Robert Redford is like crossing the Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. river that, that is. is but... uh, that was in Nijmegen or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've actually read that book, so <laughs> but anyway. Uh, we gotta do a war we we gotta do some more war movie con on classics, cause like you No, know, I wouldn't mind going back and watching a bridge too far now. Yeah. Yeah, but it really there's so many better ones. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But what, what I, I I found out about Bridge Too Far was at the time it was the most expensive movie ever. Yeah, I, I could saw, see that. 
I could definitely see that. I bet you they remade the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> At least one of them. Any other but, on that list, Sean, or no? No, I, I, you've never seen The Rock? I was a little amazed on that one. Yeah, I've seen The Rock. Yeah, and then... Uh, oh, God, what I've was seen, What have I seen? I've seen The Rock. I've seen The Untouchables. The League. Finding Forrester. Oh, you know, it's, it's kind of good. Um, it's kind of a good, like, B sci-fi movie. But, uh, was it, um, Outland or Outpost or something? I think it's Outland. It's, if you've ever seen the movie High Noon, it's this old Western about, like, this sheriff in this town where the bad guy's coming back and nobody will help him fight him. But they basically took that story and set it on Io, the moon of Jupiter. And he's the sheriff in that. Nobody, nobody mentions Dragonheart either, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or the Avengers. <laughs> oh yeah, God. Or uh, you guys remember that uh, the Entrapment movie? <laughs> That's the one with. That, uh... I'll tell you that movie is like okay. <laughs> what's it? What's it? Mrs. Douglas. What's her name? Yeah, Catherine, uh, Zeta, Catherine, Jones. Zeta, Catherine Jones. Zeta Jones. I did not see that. Well, I think I saw like 10 minutes of it. The one scene. <laughs> you know, the one scene that yeah. everybody saw. <laughs> Sam, Sam, because we'll, we'll, never, we'll never get here again. Which, what's your thoughts on Never Say Never Again? <laughs> um, why? <laughs> yeah, there, thank you. My, mine, mine too. It's just like, why, why, why don't we make, remake Thunderball? And why did we think old Sean Connery would make this work? Like, I understand you got the rights away from Broccoli, but, like... Yeah, like, we're going to remake why? Thunderball and also still have the same guy in it. Like, it's not even, like... <laughs> like, let's make Thunderball and put, like, I don't know, like, Kurt Russell or something in it. Or something, you know, some other British actor. And like, like, there's, also, there's also that moment where he literally breaks the fourth wall. I think it's at the beginning or something. Oh, does he? <laughs> Like I think he said, he says the t- title's like never, I never say never, and then like he turns the camera and winks. Nice. I seem to remember that, but <laughs> there could be something I just put in there because that's something that movie would do. <laughs> but I, I just remember that. It just is like, ugh, why? <laughs> she wasn't in Terminal. Sorry, well, look at it. Catherine Zeta Jones is. Uh, have you seen? Have you seen the Terminal, Chris? Because. Yeah, I actually like it. Yeah, I like it too. It's a Spielberg movie. It's like it's this like... quirky, funny, yeah, interesting movie. Although yeah. I'll say, I'll say this: Steven Spielberg, I don't think he's made a great movie in like twenty years. I'm, I think we've, I think we've discussed this. Have we talked about that? Okay. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, great. I'm kind of on board with you. Yeah, as director, the post Bridge of Spies is probably his last like good, good movie. There was some talk of the like, like the Russia house. Like, there's, there's some backlog I need to go. I've already, I saw, I saw Highlander. Um, if you haven't seen it, don't worry, don't. <laughs> Funny thing about that movie too is he's playing, he's playing a Spaniard who's actually Egyptian, and yet he's still doing the same accent. <laughs> <laughs> Like his name is like Mendoza or something like that, but he's actually Egyptian. 
And yeah, it's from, it's from the Egyptian part of uh, Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Ramirez, sorry, his name is Ramirez, but not that that makes a big difference. Can, can we just uh, mention something? It does. Well, I guess it doesn't have to be on the episode, but it, it, so. Just speaking of Steven Spielberg, I recently watched like 15 minutes of E.T. the other day. I haven't seen E.T. in, I don't know, 15 years at least, maybe 20 years. And the bike chase scene is probably the best chase scene ever. <laughs> no, watch it again. No, I, I've seen it somewhat recently. Like, I have not seen a movie recently, so you know, like, you know what a good way to watch it is uh go back, watch it, and look for the CGI walkie-talkies and cinematics. <laughs> that's honestly uh, why yeah. I watched it. Because I was like, I need to see this. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just I watched it. I'm like, wow, this chase scene is great. It's like up and down sand dunes. It's in like housing complexes. It's all over the place. In the sky. In the sky. And it, it, it starts all off, but he's he's like, just drive. And he goes, I don't even have my license. <laughs> Sorry. A little off topic, but we got into the Steven Spielberg thing. Oh, boy. All right. We should wrap up before this really gets out off the rails. All right. Well, on that note, if you like our podcast, you can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon Podcasts, uh, Google. I mean, we're everywhere at this point. Um, Spotify. Uh, find us, Pandora. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Knights of Nerditude. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, let us know if there's any movies you want us to review as well. Um, if there are until, any old ones, I guess. Yes, yes. Uh, any classics you want us to review, we will gladly, gladly review them. Um, until next time. Bye.